0: family, especially Brother Case. The Bible says that Daniel had an excellent spirit, and I believe that he has that, and I so appreciate that. Thank you, Brother Case, for being here this morning, and uh, looking forward to you being here tonight. And uh, my children, I don't know if they remember, we had CDs, and Brother Case, he's got so many songs. I don't know how many songs he recorded. They did record the roll-off songs, but Brother Case sings songs that nobody else has got the courage to sing, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and I appreciate that, so good to have you. All right, if you have your Bible this morning. How many of you do have your Bible? Aren't you glad you have a Bible? Yes, sir. And um, we believe you ought to look into the Bible when you come to church. We had a couple of young men here. I don't know if Zach and Josh are still here. Are you guys here? Zach and Josh. Zach, all the way from Maryland. And uh, Josh, I believe, also there goes to the same church, if I'm not mistaken. He is, uh, he is a first lieutenant. In the army, is that correct? Yes, how many of you appreciate our our servicemen? Don't you appreciate them? We really do. And uh, he's in a MOS that did not exist when I was in the military. That's how old some of us are. And uh, but they were on Clemson University's campus yesterday, as an extension from Brother Kyle Austin and Collegians for Christ, and they were trying to reach. And just see what the student body there was like and how they could help out there. And so they stayed over to come to church today. And uh, we're glad that they're with us today. Take your Bible, go if you would, to Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. Ephesians chapter 6. And I almost said that I'm just going gonna, gonna to be very brief this morning, but some of you wouldn't believe that. And um, I, 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 honestly, I don't think I'm a very long preacher. Um. You may think I'm a long preacher. i tell you what I did, though, in Alabama. I think I preached a whole lot longer in Alabama than I preach here. I remember preaching one time, I believe it was out of the book of Nehemiah, and I showed all the reasons and all the ways how Satan opposed Nehemiah through the whole book, about 12 points. Had one of my men tell me, he said, Preacher, I'm sorry I got called out of service today. I said, I'm sorry, I never even know she'd get up. He said, sorry, all right, when I came back, I got the last six points of your message anyway. <laughs> I think I preached an hour and a half. Yeah. I know some of you are wondering, why is he saying that right now? <laughs> all right. Ephesians chapter six, a very, a very important chapter. I've, I'm so encouraged. I heard that our young adult class that some of our young adult class members or the the folks that are in that class met on Friday night and uh, prayed from 10 in the evening until midnight and just trying to get in touch with God. Aren't you glad that there's some millennials, some folks that are 20 and 21, 22, 23 that would spend two hours in prayer on a Friday night instead of sitting at a bar? Amen. 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 And then I was sent a picture from yesterday, our young people Many of them gathered for a prayer breakfast and then I was sent pictures. Our young people were gathered here yesterday morning around these altars. And aren't you glad you got young people that are willing to be gathered around an altar? And I'm encouraged by that. I think prayer is what we have to uh, really, we have to embrace that if we want to see real revival. And so what I'm going to preach about this morning out of Ephesians chapter 6 is the idea of spiritual warfare, but perhaps not the way you've heard it taught before or the way some people teach it now. In fact, I would say this, when I say the word spiritual warfare, I don't mean that you and I ought to speak to the devil. I don't talk to the devil, I'm supposed to resist the devil. Now, when I was in Bible college, I heard that Martin Luther, we're talking about the man that lived in the 1500s, how that he spoke to the devil and even threw an inkwell at him. Uh, You know, I I don't want to talk to the devil. I don't want the devil in my house. I don't want him around my children. I'm just going to resist the devil because that's what the Bible teaches me I'm supposed to do. Neither do I cast out devils. When I talk about spiritual warfare, I'm not talking about you casting out devils. I have no power or authority to cast out devils. I tell you what, I do have, though. I've got the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the power of God, the power of Christ unto salvation. I don't cast out devils, but I can give somebody the gospel, and Jesus can kick the devil out. Amen. 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 Now, that being said, though, first number 12 is very clear. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means we really, we don't fight with one another. Our fight should not be with one another. Our fight should not be with the church down the road. Amen. Our fight should not be between one another as Christians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I may not speak to the devil, and I may not cast out devils, but I'm telling you this morning, your battle with Satan is a real battle. And Satan takes advantage of the moment. In the last week, I have had people that have called me who are facing opposition, I believe very certainly. From the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. It is a real battle. And if it's a real battle, then we need to take and apply what the Bible says. There is an armor that is listed in verses 13, I believe, all the way down through verse number 18. If you look at it, the Bible says in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. And then he begins to list that armor of God. In verse number 14, your loins girt about with truth. You're having on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod (coughs) with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This armor, if you look at it, these first three things that are mentioned are covering something. In other words, your loins girt about with truth. When you think about your loins, that's your core. Your core is really the thing that sets up the strength of your body. If you talk to people that are in any kind of uh, athletics, your core is very important. And the principles of your life, you know the principle of your life? Look there in verse number 14. Your principles of your life ought to be built on truth. Could you say amen to that? The principles of your life should not be built on what you read or what you see on the internet or what you see out of Hollywood. If you base your life off what you get out of Hollywood and what the majority believes, you're going to base your life on the wrong things. You and I should have our loins, our core should be covered with the truth of the Bible. Amen. But then he says this, he says, and having, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, that breastplate, that covers your heart. You know, that, that's speaking about the the place that you have your heart, it should be covered in righteousness. Let, listen, are you listening to me this morning? If your heart is filled with unrighteousness, you will not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There is an idea today, and I am so against it. I believe the Bible is clearly against it. That you can live however you want to live. You can dress however you want to dress. You can drink what you want to drink. You can indulge in what you want to indulge in. As long as you love Jesus, it's all right. And all the people that would teach otherwise, like I'm doing right now, are just a bunch of legalists. Well, I disagree with that. I believe the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. The Bible says, keep thyself pure. Listen, Jesus didn't save you so you could stay in sin. Jesus saved you to free you from sin. So my heart should be covered in righteousness, not filthiness, righteousness. And then look at the next thing there in verse number 15. The Bible, excuse me, in verse 14, the breastplate of righteousness and verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Boy, my heart was moved when Brother McBriar talked about being stabbed three times as a 16-year-old boy. If you're 16 and you're male, would you stand? Do we have any 16-year-olds this morning? At that age, being stabbed three times. Now, I, I don't know if it was with intent to kill. I don't know if it was intent to maim. But, but I believe that was with the intent to try to hurt his life. At that age... At that age, but then you said at age what, Josh, 19? But at 19, being born again. Thank you, fellas. You can be seated. My heart was moved at that. And when I think about my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, my feet are what comes in contact with the world. When you look in the Bible, Jesus and that miracle there in John chapter 2, they came to those water pots, and those water pots were filled with water, and it was for washing of hands and washing of feet. So the water that Jesus turned into wine, which was unfermented, by the way. That, that water was filthy water that people used to wash off the dirt. When he sat in front of Peter there in John chapter 13, and he said, listen, I'm going to wash your feet. And he girded that towel, and he was washing the disciples' feet. And Peter said, you're not washing mine. And Je- Jesus said, well, if I don't wash your feet, then I have no part with you. He said, well, then wash all of me." He said, Peter, listen, I-, I don't need to wash all of you again. All I need to do is wash your feet. You know, your feet get dirty when you come in contact with this world. Yeah. But you know when he says your feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you know what I'm thinking he's saying? He's saying the contact you have with the world ought to be connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's part of the armor. That my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's part of what I put on as a believer. What I do is I have my feet ready to give the gospel. I, I had it told me years ago that every Christian ought to carry TNT. And I think I told Zach, I don't know if I told him, I was a combat engineer. As a combat engineer, we got to take and we got to blow stuff up. How many of you like fireworks? Anybody like fireworks? Can you imagine the government giving you super sized fireworks? I'm not talking about small little fireworks that have a warning written on the label. I'm talking about fireworks that can build a hole, that can cut a bridge. I'm talking about things that can drop a number of trees. Listen, firework, that's a big thing that they put into your head. And what we ought to do as Christians, we ought to allow God to equip us to have TNT, which is a testament and a track. A track does make a difference. I'm just curious. Anybody here gets saved as a result of somebody giving you a track? Would you raise your hand? One, two, three, four, five. Somebody says, I don't believe you can get saved reading a track. Well, we got five people in here that would say that you're wrong. And then having the Bible. Now, we have a Bible, a testament. We ought to have a testament. Try TNT, being able to carry that out there, but our feet being shod with the preparation. Then look at the next three things. The Bible says, taking the shield of faith. That's verse 16. Now we're talking about a piece of equipment, not my, my, not my feet, not my loins, not my heart, but now the shield of faith. And then he says, taking the shield of faith, wherewith it you be able to quench all the fire and darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, that covers my mind, and the sword of the the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, I'm glad that God gives a definition of the armor. When He says the sword of the Spirit, He tells you it's the Word of God. God gives you the Bible, God gives you salvation, and God gives you faith whereby you can stand in this fight of faith against the devil. Listen, I, I know that we minimize faith today, but I heard it said to me this past week in Pennsylvania. A pastor looked at me and he said, I wished that I'd had enough faith to step out as a young man on the decision that God was leading me in, and our church would not be in the place where it is today. But faith is a very difficult thing. Faith comes, sometimes feels like you're stepping out into the dark. You know, as long as you're stepping on the Word of God, you're never stepping out into the dark. You're stepping in a solid place. And then the helmet of salvation, listen, how many of you know for certain that when you breathe your last breath and that heart beats its last time and those lungs expend that last bit of oxygen in there. How many of you know for certain when you leave this world that you're going to heaven when you die? God wants you to have that helmet of salvation because there's some bad things that happen to good people. Can I get an amen on that? You, know, when you watch some of this Christian television, you know, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. This is your best life ever. God wants you to live in a big house and drive a big car if, if you'll just trust Christ. That is not the story you find in the Bible. Bad things happen to good people in the Bible. And not because they're in sin, but because, because they're following Jesus Christ. Listen, all kind of people got put in jail because of their faith. Not a good thing. And then he says not only the shield of faith... And the helmet of salvation, but the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I recommend the Bible in all parts of life for all matters of faith and practice. Amen. And when I say this Bible, I I got to tell, I see them back here today. I got to tell a family that's here visiting, looking at the college. And I told them this past week, I told them, I said, well, listen, one thing I can tell you about this college and this church, you will not leave believing less of the Bible. You're going to leave believing more of the Bible. We're not here to weaken your faith. We're here to strengthen your faith. We want people to believe this sword of the Spirit. It cuts both ways. It is a powerful weapon. But then most people stop right there when it comes to taking the armor of God. But would you look with me? At the end of verse 17, you have a colon. You don't have a period. That means that what follows is connected to what precedes it. And if we list all of these things in verses 14, 15, and 16 and 17 as part of the armor of God in spiritual warfare, then you have to include verse 18. Look at verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And there's where the period ends. Now, I'm going to say this morning, I believe that spiritual armor includes prayer. And maybe I can say it this way, that the only way you're going to fight the good fight of faith and be able to stand against the wiles of the devil is not just to have your loins girded about with truth and the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and having the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Hey, listen, church, I believe something that's gone out of fashion today, something that has been pushed aside today, something that's looked at as something that doesn't make any difference is the fact that you also need a contact with heaven and that prayer makes a difference in this world I believe that I'm t- I believe that prayer changes things because prayer moves the heart of God And prayer is something that many people would tell you, I just don't have the prayer life that I ought to have. Well, if you don't, then you really are weak because that's part of the spiritual armor that you have to stand against the wiles of the devil. How many of you appreciate the fact that uh, in the book of Genesis that Joseph, Joseph looked at Potiphar's wife and said, no, I'm not going to take you up on your offer. No, I, you are the only thing that my master has kept me from. I have control over everything in the house, but he didn't give me you. And no, I will not lie with you, even though she came day after day after day. How many of you appreciate that? How many of you think our young people ought to practice the same thing? They ought to say no. Before you get married, there ought not to be any kind of physical relationship. The answer ought to be no. Well, you know, for a long time I've always preached and taught that the idea was that Joseph had great character which enabled him to look at this woman and say, no. You know, I've I've changed my mind on that. I think Joseph did have great character, but you know in the chapter that he said no? Do you know what is repeated over and over again in the passage? The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. You know what I think? I think... That Joseph stayed in touch with heaven even though he was placed in Egypt and in Potiphar's house and in the prison. And maybe the reason he was able to say no was not just his character. Maybe it was because he was enabled by God to fight the good fight of faith. And on the inside, the answer no stood up and said, nope, not going to do that because God helped him. Come on, do you believe that God can help you fight the good fight of faith? In fact, can I ask you this question? Do you think it's possible to win the good fight of fate without his help? No, it's the armor of God. Not the armor of the Baptist church. It's not the armor of our pastor. Man, David said, I can't wear your armor. It's not wearing somebody else's armor. It's wearing the armor of God. And part of that armor is right there. I believe in verse 18, praying, praying underline that word, if you would, praying, and then you say, well, how are we supposed to use that part of the armor? Well, the next word says always, and then continues and says with all perseverance. I'm going to say this about prayer as a weapon in spiritual warfare. Prayer as a weapon with spiritual warfare has to be the same thing that 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, pray without ceasing. In other words, Prayer is something that we constantly do day and night and day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year. And I'm telling you this more. Listen, I, I know when you start talking like this and pray, we already have our mind made up about prayer. But I'm going to admit, Ms. Carol, Miss Carol, would you stand up just a minute? Would you, Mr. Louise, would you stand up just a minute? How many, do you know how many days you prayed for Jean? It wasn't days. you know how many weeks you prayed for Gene? You know, do you know how many months you prayed for Gene? Do you know how many years you prayed for Gene? 27 years. How many think 27 years is a long time? Watch this. How many of you young people think that 27 years of age is old? Do you know what she did? Listen, Carol, were you ever discouraged after praying for weeks and months? Do you ever feel like it's not going to make any difference? You think the devil ever sat beside you and said, you fool, why you keep praying? Nothing's ever going to change. How many, of you th- how many of you think that probably she had many occasions to say, I'm done. I'm not praying anymore. I'm not going to beg God anymore. Nothing's happened. This is year, listen, this is year 26. 26. I'm tired. Miss Carroll, are you glad you kept praying always with all perseverance? Did Gene get saved? Has, has Gene's life been completely renovated by the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe I said this way Is Gene Deweese a brand new man? Would people at work say that? You know, he told me the other day, he said, Preacher, we're talking, hey, Uh, Zach, I know you'd appreciate this. This is a hard-charging man. I mean, he was, I believe, was he a ranger? Wasn't he a ranger, Carol? Yeah, I I believe he was a ranger, if I'm not mistaken. Either that. But he was a romping, stomping, tough man. I mean, loved to do all the things that those kind of men do. Nobody would ever come to a man like that for spiritual advice. They might come to him for some whiskey. They might come to him for a fight. They might come to him for something that had to do with filth. But they're not going to come to a man like that asking anything about God. They're not going to do that. And he told me the other day, he said, Preacher, they come to me at work and they ask me if I'm going to go ahead and pray again that morning before we get started. (laughs) Do you know why? Because somebody stayed in the fight. You say, I've prayed for my son for 15 years. I've prayed for my daughter for 12 years. I have prayed for this situation in our home. I have prayed over this thing. I have knocked and I have knocked and I have asked over and over and over again. You know what I'm going to tell you? If you want to stay in that good fight, pray on. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You've got to persevere. You've got to continue to pray. You've got to continue to knock. You've got to continue to ask. You've got to do that without ceasing because that is part of the spiritual armor that if you take off and you leave that out, then you are going to fall short of victory. I I believe this. I believe the Bible is filled with examples of victory. I know we're not to Mother's Day yet, but how many of you appreciate the fact that God gave Hannah exactly what she asked for after pouring out her heart year after year. And boy, her her adversary provoking her yearly. And God gave her not only Samuel, but gave her several other children on top of that. You know what that is? That's God giving the victory through prayer. Over and over again. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, what, could you not watch with me for one hour? He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that ye enter not into temptation. He said, man, you need to be praying. If you want to be in the fight and you want to help, you need to be praying. Now, the second thing, that, the very, very simple point today. Second thing, look in verse 18 again. When we think about the armor, we always think about what I'm putting on me, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. Look what the Bible says in verse 18 about this piece of armor, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do you see that? In other words, this prayer that we're reading about here in verse 18 is not for them, it's for someone else. Look at it again, look at the very next verse. And for me, Paul is saying, I need you to be in supplication and perseverance for me. A lot of times when we think about praying, what we do is we pray for ourselves. I, I don't think that it's wrong to pray for yourself, God. I, I have this sin that does so easily beset me, and I need you to help me with that temptation. Listen, aren't you glad that God can help you overcome every temptation in your life? God, God, to come to God and say, Lord, I have, I have stepped across the line again today, and I'm so sorry, it grieves my heart, but would you please forgive me in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin, Amen. Amen. But when you look in Ephesians, the prayers you find in Ephesians are always for someone. Look in Ephesians 1. Look at Ephesians 1. This piece of the armor is given to enable you to help someone else. Verse 15. Ephesians 1 verse 15, wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for, can you say the word for me? You. Making mention of, can you say the word for me? You in my prayers. The Holy Ghost through the hand of Paul writes back to this Ephesian group of believers and says, hey, I want you to know since I've heard of your faith, I cease not, that's right there in Ephesians 6, 18, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that I've gotten you in my prayers. I, I know that Brother Case would be familiar with Don Green, and I know Dr. Aiken would be familiar with Don. How many of you are familiar with Don Green that pastored Michigan for so long? How many? Don Green had an unusually long prayer list. Dr. Dakin, did he ever call you and tell you he was praying for you? Many times. Was that a help? Never called me. Didn't really know me. Brother Case, did Brother Green ever pray for you? Do you know? Many times and we were the last ones to sing the Lord. Brother Green was known for getting up in the morning and going and spending time before God's throne for other people. There are people in my life that I have asked to be on their prayer list. I I have asked people, please pray for us. Generally now when people talk to me about the church or they talk to me about the ministry, my usual response now is, thank you, please pray for our children's home. Please pray for our church, for our missionaries. Please pray for our ministry. There's some prayer list that you want to be on. And I'm telling you, God is saying through the hand of the Apostle Paul to these Ephesians, there's somebody that's making requests for you. Look at it again in chapter 3. Look at chapter 3. Chapter 3. We're almost finished. Turn and look in your Bible now. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse number 13 Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's prayer, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant, can you say the next word for me in verse 16? You, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in, can you say the next word? Your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be... The whole prayer in chapter 3 is not for himself, but it's for these people that are in Ephesus. He is going to God on their behalf. And that's what we find. Go back to chapter 6. Look at it one more time. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Verse 19. And for me. That means that this piece of armor that God has given to you and I to fight the good fight of faith, to battle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, is something that we have to use constantly and consistently. But it has to be something that reaches out for others Because without that, it all becomes about me. I I believe one of the curses of our generation is how much attention we focus on ourselves. I'm so glad the McBriars are here today. I want them to see this. I want you guys to stand up if you would just a moment. Mary, you and Josh, if y'all stand up. I know y'all probably jet lagged, y'all flown all over the world. I want you to look around. I want you to see this. How many of you have called their name out in prayer? Ask God to help them, protect them, meet their needs. Do you hold your hand up high? All over the building. Do you guys think you could do it without that? No. Couldn't happen. The level of danger, the level of really, I believe, intense, intense opposition. On some people that are on a beachhead at the tip of the spear, no way that they can make it without your prayer. Amen. I'm going to tell you this as a pastor. I have plans on being here till I'm about 66, 67, 68, and then I'm going to do what Dr. Aiken did. I'm going to step aside and uh, he and I can retire again together. He retired, now he's a missions director. Give it to a younger man. You know, that's my plan. But I'm telling you, without your prayer, I won't make it. Oh, sure you will. If Paul said that you've got to pray for me, there is no way that I can maintain this ministry without the help of God and the protection of prayer. And when you've seen your saints, good night. When you say, preacher, we're praying for you. And I guess that's all we can do because we can't go out and do what we used to do. I believe I'd rather have a bunch of gray-headed people praying for me or maybe a room full of children praying for me than I would the richest people in town. Makes a difference. But I'm going to go beyond that. There are people that will never get saved just like Gene DeWeese. If you don't stay in that fight, there are people that have run from God and got brought back in like that prodigal son. That will never, they'll never make it back unless you are standing fighting the good fight of faith. Yeah. You know, James, your daddy and I, one thing's when he first, when we first got here, I, I tried to sit down with everybody and I asked them, I asked them, what's at the top of your prayer list? with tears, he started wiping his eyes and he said, my boy James. <laughs> and now after about five years and probably a whole lot more than that praying, James and Manuel and Nathan sitting in church without mom and dad here. Amen. Amen. That used to not be the case, did it James? If mom and dad weren't here, that's just another reason not to be here, right? And I did get on him a little bit this morning. He's not sitting on about sector. He's moved back a little bit. <laughs> Not his fault. A bunch of people took and sat in their seat. Can you believe that? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I believe. That young man's not sitting here without somebody fighting that good fight with prayer. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Ken, if you come to organ, I'm, I'm finished. It's Judy, if you want to come to piano. To not understand that the armor... Includes prayer is to miss out on a critical component. There are missionaries around the world that need your prayer. There are backslidden people that need your prayer. I'm not talking about you coming today and saying, God, I've, I've sinned again and forgive me. I'm glad you can do that. I'm talking about somebody being able to say, God, would you please protect? Would you guide? Would you direct? Would you supply? Would you stand and make up the gap that may be in their life? And I'm just going to wonder while the organ's playing, how many of you today would get on that altar in behalf of somebody else, not you, in behalf of somebody else and say, Lord, please. And maybe you could recommit to pray because because I know there's some people here I know there's some people here that wouldn't be here if somebody hadn't spent that time and whether it's a mom or whether it's dad or whether it's brother whether it's a sister you say you know I'm pretty good I'm alright you know maybe if you don't get engaged maybe the worst things in your thoughts will actually finally come to pass. Maybe if you don't step forward and get engaged and get that piece of armor on for somebody else, then what Satan would like to do, he will finally get the opportunity to do. And that's why this morning, revival, we want revival. But to step in in the gap and say, God, please, I I am not, I am not going to give up calling this name over and over and over again. I am going to be persistent. I'm going to pray always. And I'm going to trust you to do what I don't have the power to do. And here they are again, Lord. I'm holding them up one more time. Amen. Amen altar full of people today. It may be that today may be that moment that God intervenes. Maybe maybe without your help today, today is the day of total failure, but because somebody prayed, stood in the gap, made up the hedge... Maybe some missionary keep moving forward. Maybe some mother, some dad keep moving forward. Some child keep moving forward. Maybe the devil doesn't get his desire. spiritual warfare not casting out devils no not talking to the devil talking to God <laughs> asking him for his help amen you can keep playing we still got people praying we we let the service go till one o'clock we need to. Maybe this morning you'd recommit. Maybe you've been encouraged not to stop that prayer. Maybe the devil's told you it doesn't make a difference anyhow. He's a liar. You trust God's promises. You trust God's direction. Praying always with all perseverance. Supplication for all saints. Because it does make a difference devil would like you to take that armor off and lay it down so he could have his will and his way. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your attention this morning. Aren't you glad you came to church today? So glad that we got to hear from the Case family. Looking forward to hearing that again tonight. Got to hear from Brother McBriar. Mary, would you like to preach tonight? <laughs> she said, yeah. Good to have this group from Pennsylvania. And uh, I-, I want this, uh, this is- how long have you been the assistant pastor, Brother King? Quite a while? that sounds like a long time. And uh, you know, I think every year I I guess you bring these kids to competition. I guess they're at Bob Jones and scripture memory and all that. So, so what is the passage they're come on? on. What's the passage you guys are studying right now? Studying the Book of Acts. So, how much of the Book of Acts do they have to know? Well they quiz over all of it. Over the all of it. Yes, sir. So we've started that here at Tabernacle. Now we're not in the same thing because I think that goes through the school. I think we started with our young people. So. So how many of those, do, do any of them know, have they, they haven't memorized the whole book of Acts? We have one of them that does. You have one person memorized all 28 chapters. Yes, Who memorized all 28 chapters? Alyssa. Would you stay? Wow. You memorized all 28 chapters of the book of Acts? I'm impressed. I think that's a great thing. How many of you memorized half the book of Acts? Oh, see, keep standing, young lady. Keep standing. How many of y'all memorized half the book of Acts? You stand up, at least half. Wow. You're telling me you memorized at least 14 chapters in the book of Acts? I believe the devil don't like that at all. i tell you what I'm going to do. I had somebody give me this. And I'm going to give this $50 bill, you give that to Alyssa. So Whether you quiz out or whatever you do, you're going to leave with something. I think that comes from God telling you, thank you for memorizing 28 chapters. How old are you, Alyssa? 16. Man, she what a- her dad's brain. What's that? She has her dad's brain. She has her dad's brain? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your daughter? I'm just kidding. You go sit down. I don't <laughs> win them. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord, Brother Keenan. You guys can be seated. We're glad you came today. Hope you do well in the competition. And um, maybe you can help get your young people involved in that. I think it'd be worthwhile. And uh, Brother Keenan, you dismiss in a word of prayer. Would you stand to your feet? We'll be dismissed. We'll be back tonight at, at 6 o'clock prayer meeting at 5.15. And Brother Stevens, do we have choir practice tonight at 5? Next next Sunday, no choir practice tonight. Okay, all right. Brother King, you dismiss it if you will. Let's pray. Lord, I sure love you. I thank you for saving me. And I thank you, Lord, for meeting with us here this morning. Thank you for the word of God that we heard preached. And, Lord, I pray you'd press on our hearts, Lord, the need for prayer in this day and age that we live in. I pray that you were honored and glorified here today. I thank you for the hearts that you spoke to. I pray now you give everyone safety as they head on home and bless the service again tonight. Lord, we love you. It's only because you first loved us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.